Oh, Montgomery to wing and in. The man for all occasions. He's done it again. He's hit it for a second flag. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Pairs on a Pod. This week, we've gone double. We've gone the double episode for the week, and we've got a very special guest. But before I introduce probably the biggest guest we've had so far, uh, I'm going to introduce the co-host, Hudson. <laughs> Hello, Jack. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Um, I'm buzzing for this. I've been buzzing about this all week, and let's get into it. All right. I'll introduce the man that played 300 games in his AFL career, the 1993 Brownlow medalist. 173 of those games were for Port Adelaide. He's a Port Adelaide legend, the inaugural captain of Port. He also was a part of the 2004 Premiership team. Four goals in that second half. I introduce Gavin Wanganine. Gav, welcome to the podcast. Fellas, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, honestly, this is this is the highlight of the week, or one of the highlights <laughs> of the week. We've had Bobby Carlisle on Wednesday, and now we've got you, Gav. It's a um, whole lot of ga- AFL games between us, I've realised, um, especially here, <laughs> 300 games of AFL between us. So that's great that we can share that. <laughs> that's great, mate. Anytime, I'm a sharing kind of guy. Oh, I love that, but... <laughs> Tell us a bit about what you've been doing since um, you retired. What what have you been um, involved with and what have you been doing? Yeah, well, since, you know, uh, my last game in 06, which only feels like yesterday, um, you know, I was a a 16-year AFL uh, footballer who had a great career with two clubs and um, it all came to an end quite fast and I was just, yeah, you know, different um, phase just trying to find my way again, I guess, you know, into the real world. And, yeah, it was, it was a little bit challenging. Well, a lot, a lot challenging, actually, because all you knew was to play footy. And when you get out to the real world, you think, oh, am, am I going to be good at anything else? Like, am I just going to be good at playing footy? Um, so all these, you know, negative thoughts sort of pop into your head and, but you just got to get back on your bike and you got to really just have a crack at a few things until, until something lands. And that's pretty much, yeah, w- what I did. Um, yeah, so I'm actually a contemporary Indigenous artist now. So yeah. after many years of, yeah, um, yeah I, I'll call it being in the wilderness a little bit since I retired and then I found my purpose uh, in a way and that's, that's my art and connecting with my Indigenous culture from my mum's side. Uh, the Gugatha people and my mum's stories and my grandfather and great-grandfather's journey from the west coast of South Australia out of a mission called Kunaba Mission, just out of Sejuna, 30 k's out of Sejuna. So I put all my, yeah, my, yeah, my art and, and, and paint about their stories and my connection to that part of the country. You've shown as well that uh, obviously a lot of um, your influence goes down to the kids uh, to the, even to this day, and we've seen Tex now taking the game on uh, in his first year of footy. How much of an influence has, um, you know, being a part of the, obviously the Indigenous culture, it being an Indigenous round, but how much of your influence has affected him and um, how he's gone about it so far this year? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, him, well, I'll go back a little bit. It's, you know, being a, a young lad and his dream was to play AFL footy just like his cousin, Naziah, who got drafted to St Kilda at pick 12 in that first round. So <clears throat> it was Texas' dream to, to also get drafted in that national draft last year. But unfortunately, because of COVID, he was boarding in Melbourne and his year 11 um, year um, COVID hit. So no Victorians got to play. South Australians, they, they still managed to, to, to get their season up and running after a small break. And then his year 12 year um covid relaxed i guess for that break and the victorians got to play i think it was only a half a half a season in the end but he had a foot injury so he didn't really get to play so he got to come back and play one game for his school xavier college and he um it was the grand final so he got to play one game and they won by a few points and that was it so he yeah there wasn't much footage of him they couldn't film that game because of um, COVID, no one was allowed to watch in in the ground in the in the, the yeah on the oval. So it was tough for him when yeah he didn't get picked up. And Essendon gave him an opportunity. They said, "Mate, we know you've got talent. We saw it as a kid. We know it's in your blood. We know what you want to do. Come out and train 
with our boys over the summer. So he went out and trained, you know, did November, December, January, February, did, did three, four months of pre-season. And his uh, talent, you know, rose to the top in terms of, you know, showing what, what he's got. So they, they, they picked him up, which was a dream come true for him. And um, to see him play that first game, get his first, yeah, first game against the Ds and kick his first goal, I got a little bit excited because of, you know, all the hard work that he'd done. So that was a nice, nice sort of, Nice goal on his left, you know, running away and opening the goal face up. And, um, you know, not every player gets to snap a left foot on, on their debut, in their, you know, for their first goal. So, um, yeah, I guess I've just always encouraged him to be himself. Um, didn't want to put too much pressure on him early days because, you know, being the son, you know, of, of you know, uh, 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 of myself, I guess, and having a successful career, there could be pressure there. But um, I think he... Um, in a way, he likes that pressure. I think he's, uh, uh, yeah, and I guess to play AFL footy, you've got to be able to handle pressure, don't you? So mm-hmm. um, that could set him up really well. But he, he's done it all himself in terms of the hard work. I guess I've passed on some advice and tips along the way and have been a good role model for him in terms of, you know, working hard, be a good person, don't talk about yourself too much and all those sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I've rubbed off in a, in, a, in, a, yeah, in a positive way for him, which, yeah, I'm sure I have. Does it feel quite phenomenal that he's sort of following in your footsteps by playing at Essendon? Yeah, it's um, it's it's strange. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, it's great because you know I went over to the Bombers as a seventeen-year-old to to twenty-four. You know, so I spent my first, pretty much my first half of my footy career. Well, I, I grew up at Essendon because I was seventeen, and you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, right up to twenty-three, twenty-four. Like they're years that you never ever forget in terms of. Growing from a young boy into a young man, like, you know, having a drink for the first time. Not that I was a drinker, you know, and then, you know, hitting a, hitting a nightclub for the first time, <laughs> like, you know, and driving around in Melbourne as a young lad. So, you know, you just never forget those years. And, um, and for him, to yeah, being able to put the red and black on has rekindled a lot of, you know, amazing memories that I had at this in the footy club and, you know, being a Brownlow medalist there and a part of that iconic Baby Bombers side where we had half the team was pretty much teenagers. It'll never, ever happen again. And playing at MCG and then Windy Hill and it just brought back a lot of memories, um, you know, now that Tex is there. So wonderful memories that I have there. How did you go sort of moving across? Like, obviously, like, it's a lot younger of an age than it is now. So how did you deal with that sort of pressure to go... You're playing against grown men, and they were a lot more physical back then than they are now. They yeah, certainly were a lot more physical, <laughs> a lot more physical. I tell you <laughs> what, um, it was it was a matter of just having a lot of good teammates, uh, mature and big bodied teammates who had my back and looked after me. So um, that was really important because it's a team game, and you can't be left on your own. Especially young guys coming to the system, they need bodyguards. You know, through that first year, second year, until they can find a bit of, you know, strength in the gym and a little bit of size themselves and confidence themselves to be able to give a bit of a nudge back or give a bit of elbow back to the throat, you know, just to let opposition know, hey, I'm not mucking around here. I'm not a kid no more. Um, Or even if I am a kid, well, I'm going to have a go back. I'm just not going to let you put it over me. So, um, and that's, that was my approach. Um, I took it out and kicking goals on them or <laughs> running away from them, taking a mark or uh, taking a bounce. And, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, you're right. It was a different game back then. There was a lot of stuff that went on behind, behind play and um, it's a very clean game today, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about clean. Your 1993 season, baby bombers, as you said, you get to the end of the year and Gavin Wanganeen, three votes, Brownlow medalist is yelled out. How was that? Considering you know, a couple of years into your career, you're a Brownlow medalist and winning a premiership in the one year. Crazy, yeah. You just don't really, it doesn't really sink in at the time, especially as a 20 year old. If it was a 30 year old, well, it'll sink in differently because you're a little bit more wiser. You appreciate things a lot more and you understand how the, how the word opera, uh, well, um, you know, operates a lot more in terms of hard work and, 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 you know, how hard it is to win a premiership to be, and to be successful. So um, looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, it didn't really sink in um, during that year or two. Pretty, pretty much didn't even really sink in until I hung the boots up, to be honest with you. 
Speaking of Brownlow medals, 10 years later, <laughs> how bloody stiff can you get? <laughs> Could have been two-timer, mate. What, what, what that, went wrong? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that was a pretty damn good year, 03, with the power that I had. And I got freed up into the midfield by Choco. And um, I, must, I must admit, going into, into the night, I went through all the rounds and I had a look and I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm gonna be stiff to be beaten tonight. Like <laughs> it's gonna be very unlucky. So you can imagine when I'm, you know, thinking I'm gonna, you know, get to that last round. I think, oh gee, I'm 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 one vote off and then I've got one round to go. And I'm thinking already I'm thinking, no, I should have had five or seven more votes already. I should have been wrapped up. So all these emotions going through my mind and um, and then, you know, I get the two votes in that game where, you know, people, everyone's saying I should have got the three votes. So it would have been a four-way tie. But and then I'm thinking, no, I should have won it outright. So all these things <laughs> are going through my head. But, um, yeah, look, you know, look, I was still proud of the season that I had 10 years later. But certainly would have sounded a lot more, uh, uh, a lot nicer to be a two-time Brownlow medalist at two, two great clubs. Well, Absolutely. Yeah, bloody hell. I'll take you Shit. back a bit. Um, to, to, to making the move across to back to Port, um, what was it like coming back and then um, becoming captain as well um, to sort of lead the way into the AFL era? Yeah, look, obviously because of my connection to the Port Magpies, I had that one season before I went over in the in the seniors, and but I knew coming back it was going to be a little bit different because we we were going to be the power, you know, we were, it was a new emblem. It was, um, and you know my being a South Australian, so there was there was temptation to come back, and you know the club Brian Cunningham and and the likes did a great job to to lure me back home. Um, and you know, even though they might, they might have been a little bit one eyed with their approach, and uh, <laughs> um, it was uh, yeah something I wanted to do. If I didn't have this, the success that I had at Essendon, I wouldn't have come back. So it's, it's just lucky that I had that success because I felt that yeah I given my all to the to the bombers and threw myself in to packs and marks and and just really mm. played some yeah hard amazing exciting footy just putting my body in the line week after week I did it for six you know years six seven years that I was there so I thought you know what we've got the premiership we've got the Brownlow uh, yeah I thought I'd just make the decision to come back home because of that connection to the Port Magpies and yeah and then I guess being captain look to be honest with you it was I was only quite young it was it was it was new to me but I I just took it in my stride and I thought well I'll, I'll lead by example because I always put my head over the footy I always ran back in the packs I always tackled hard and I did all these things that you know should be expected by a captain to lead by example so um, you know to, to to experience you know being you know the captain of that first power team um, for the first years was, yeah, it was a good experience. Um, but I, I felt that four years was enough for me because there was a lot of responsibility and um, I had a few injuries, quite a few injuries during those four years. Just I probably only played a half a season every year for those four years, five and then five, six years. So um, even a couple of years after that, had just little niggles, you know, broken thumb, broken wrist, um, Little stress fracture in my foot, where I missed ten games. Um, pin, yeah, pins in my thumb, and um, and then a hamstring, and then a quaddy, and then a calf. You know, all these things. Which I thought I just don't want any, any added pressure. So the last, you know, three or four years, or two or three years um, of my power career was good because I didn't have too many injuries. Um, so I just went out and enjoyed it and, and played some good footy after that. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I think it was 2000, 2001, you uh, gave the captaincy away or something like that. And then as soon as you gave it away, prelim, 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 01, 02, 03, and then into 04. Tell us about that period, the golden era of what could have been for Port. Um, <laughs> you were one of those key staples, Treaders in his fine form and you know, Stewie Jew finding his touch and countless others a part of the yeah. group. Uh, tell us about that golden era. Yeah, you're right there with those names. And, you know, the Burgoynes, uh, big Brendan Laid was absolute champion, Ruckman. Um, and, and the Cornses, you know, very good, you know, players who helped Roger James um, and the like. You know, Byron Pickett, he came for 
he didn't. He was not, no. He was a bit later, wasn't he? He came for the was it the grand final? Yeah, that was that that year. That was his first year, wasn't it? Was it oh four? Oh three or oh four? Yeah, it was one oh three. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. No, he, he was uh, half that time. But yeah, it was it was unlucky, man. It was unlucky with best team for three four years, and we didn't make it count when it needed to count, which was playing your best footy in September. So, but lucky, you know, lucky. I don't know if you call it luck. Maybe. Yeah, it's not luck. It's 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 your last roll of dice where you're hungry and you know you have to lay it all out and you have to get something out of it. Otherwise, you get nothing out of it and end up becoming bitter and twisted and so, uh, sad and sorry old old men. That's what would have happened if we didn't win in 04 because there was so many um, so much hard work and for little reward, you know. And when we're in in pole position. For those three previous years, pole position, home finals, and we just couldn't make the most of it. So, and you know, see Choco, you know, walking down after just um, just crying the tears because I, I knew the hard work and the opportunities. Uh, the tears were coming out because they were it was over the opportunities that were that were missed, and then to finally get it. So it was it was just overwhelming uh, release for him, uh, and then you know. The choking of the, you know, of the, 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 the tie. It was, it was a, such a special day, you know, for that group of players, um, because of the three or four previous seasons, how successful they were without reward. So, and you know, as the power, it's our only premiership. You know, it's our only premiership. We've got one premiership. So, I mean, that's how I look at it. And um, yeah, in the AFL, it's it's one, and you you know, that's a different tradition now. It's a different. It's a different history, you know, compared to how the Maggie's history, you know, where yeah. they were iconic, absolute record breakers that will never be repeated. You know, that's that's like that's on a level that's untouched. You know, and we're 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 the power we're in the AFL now, and we aspire to be like that, and 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 try and you know set standards where we can be successful and consistently be successful. But you know, we got one premiership. Yeah, as the power. So, you know, hopefully the boys can, uh, you know, do their thing and, and change that and soon. Fingers crossed. And obviously we've had the rough prelims the past few years, but prelims, well, <laughs> <laughs> that St. Kilda one. So we spoke with Dom Cassisi a couple of weeks ago and he said it was the only time he ever heard Choco give you a bit of a serve. Do you remember what he said to you? And then the goal, just take us through it. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I think he just got a. He never, yeah, he's never raised his voice at me, you know. I guess you know when you're, um, you know, you, you, you're doing your thing and you, you know you're performing and over many years, um, and then when it's when it when it's really needed because it was it was such an important game and we were behind the eight ball, we we're getting smashed actually, and yeah, no, he just really it was along the lines of like Gav, and he he sort of yelled, it was like we, we need you, you know, like we. We need you. Like it was from the heart and from a desperate place. Mm. And his emotions were high and yeah, he got fired up a bit, but it was it was in in the right tones, you know, and it was from the right place. And yeah, that was at half time. So um yeah, so anyway, it was the last quarter that I really yeah, the opportunity started to um, come, I guess. Bull bull started to come in a bit quicker, which is good for a forward, you know, and um you said one goal. There was two goals that I kicked. I think I kicked two last. <laughs> he definitely kicked two. Uh, so the one I kicked before the sealer from the close to the boundary was that one from about 55 out. Yes. Yeah, that. so that was very, just as important because if I didn't kick that, I wouldn't have had a chance to win it with the second one. Mm. If you know what I mean? So I look at that and I thought, you know, that's a 65 bit of drop pump bomb, you know? So <laughs> I, 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 did, I did dig deep, you know, because I was past my prime. Like I was 31, you know, and, I was just past my prime. Um, and, yeah, look, I thank goodness that one went through. And then, yeah, that, that, that other guy, that last goal that put us in front, yeah, mate, I just had to read it. And, hey, you know, it just it was just one of those very important goals <laughs> that got us into a grand final, you know. So I was really, really proud of it. I had a perfect view of it too. Well, I, was, oh, yeah. I was sat right behind the goals and just watching this go. Oh, my God, I, still, really? I, I still remember that night. As clear as crystal white, I remember some weird shit. So that was um, definitely up there. And then 
take us through your final like two years, 05 and then 06, playing your 300th. How important was that to you to get to that milestone? Yeah, it was um, then, you know, 05 and 06. So 05, as a 32-year-old or, yeah, 32-year-old approaching, yeah, 33. Um, I played some, yeah, some good footy in patches, um, just coming on and off the bench and on the wing and just using my smarts and good ball use, which was really important for the side. So Chock said, you can easily go around next year, Gav, just do that for the next few years. I said, yeah, I know I can do that. He said, he said I'll, I'll, you only need to play half the game time or three quarters of the game time max. I said, yeah, I can do that, coming off the bench and just pinch hit and get my 15, 20 possessions and, and do damage that way and still stay fresh because I still have my speed, you know. Yeah. So, But 05. I ended on 299. So the last game of the year, I was on 299. And I actually wasn't going to, I didn't want to go around again, you know, oh. because I think, oh, just mentally, I think I was just starting to, yeah, feel. And then that's when Chock said, well, you know, take an easy, have an easy preseason. You know, you just do the, the bare minimum and, you know, take any time you want off. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. And I'll give it my old bet. So came back for that one game, mate. To uh, guys, so to get that 300. So when I look back on it, yeah, <laughs> to see a three in front of it um, is really important. So I was really thankful for Chuck to give me the opportunity because, ah, oh, geez, anyone ever ended up on 299? I don't know, but that that would be not good at all. I think the game's equivalent of Brendan Favola, which would be a bit stiff, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> I hate that on 299 or even like 199. They just suck. Yeah, or 99. Yeah, that too. <laughs> well, that's right because you don't get a hundred, and you know. Yeah. At least in 99, you've got a couple of hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you've experienced it. <laughs> and one, like, games that we love to see you dominate were showdowns. And we speak about showdowns quite often on the pod. Just, do you have a favourite one? Well, the first one was pretty special because we were, we were never given a chance, really, by anyone. That's really special. Um, I really enjoyed the one where I've got the part forward and kick six. Uh, that was nice. I, don't know, I think it was. Uh, you know, and we had a good run against the Crows back when I was playing. We, yeah, we hardly ever lost any. So um, I'd have to say probably that first one, just sheer excitement, sheer because of the excitement of, you know, not, you know, probably thinking, well, are we, are we, are we not going to win? And no one gave us a chance. That was probably, that was probably the best one, I, I'd have to say. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. I think. Mm. The, I mean, the one you kicked six, though. Did you get three Brownlow votes? Um, I think I got one. I might have got one. And there's a couple well, other other showdowns I thought I played all right. And, um, yeah, they robbed me a little bit. Maybe they're, they're high, they have high expectations for me, you know. <laughs> uh, they're very, you know, they judge me harshly. I've actually got it in front of me. You got two Brownlow votes, but I had six and 18. <laughs> I kicked six and had 18 touches. Oh, Two okay. votes. Joshy Franco <laughs> snatched it from you. That's <laughs> uh, all right. It's all good. Jeez. Speaking um, of some of your yes, teammates. Go sorry. <laughs> so speaking of some of your teammates, Gav, who was probably the quirkiest off the field? Like who had some just really strange quirks? Well, Shay Cockatoo Collins, I think, and a lot of a lot of the power teammates would have to agree. He he's one of the quirkiest and one of the out there sort of fellows, you know, like if he took a mark and he was a good grab for his size, one grab, and he'd go back, um, take his time because he wanted a bit of um, limelight. He wanted to get second. <laughs> he, he, wanted the, he, wanted, he wanted TV time. He wanted the second, so he took his time. And I remember him once, he was he put the ball down like this and he closed his eyes like that and he goes, about three or four seconds, closed his eyes like, and then he looked up. <laughs> oh, what's going on there, man? Come on. <laughs> and there was another time where Shay at Footy Park, he hurt his knee and he was on the ground and he's, he was going over and he's waving like this to the dock and to the medicos and he's got. No, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding his knee going. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh shit, he's done his knee, he's done his knee, he's done his knee. And then he's going, yeah, he's, and he's coming off with the doc and the physio coming off. And then I actually wasn't playing this game. 
So I, I saw it and then I, I quickly ran ran down because I was a bit worried for him. And I went near the race and he, he they took him down the race. And I go, brother, you're right, you're all right. He goes, nah, as he's going down, nah. <laughs> and he's crying. Nah, oh nah, no, no good, no good. No, nah, you should laugh. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, about five or six minutes later, I look on the, to the to my left. I'm watching the footy, and I look to the left on the boundary line. I see I see Shay Cockatoo Collins running like bloody um. A gazelle flying <laughs> on the side, up and down, doing sprints. He was fine. It's a miracle. He's back. <laughs> He's back. I'm thinking, all oh, that? And you're sprinting, no worries. You're sprinting like you, you know, young gazelle. So, yeah, he's pretty quick, old Shay. That's for sure. Oh. We've heard some other, like, roommate stories as well from uh, past players we've had on. Did you ever room with anyone over the, the course of the uh, the years that really just maybe you shouldn't have? <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I mean, there were some funny habits with some of the boys. Um, in the end, I, me and Peter roomed together a lot, and so we sort of knew each other's habits yep. and routines, so we respected those. And, the mate, yeah, we respect them. So, you know, light out, pure darkness, no TV. Actually, Shay was shocking. Cocky was shocking. <laughs> it just reminded me. Like, I had to actually, yeah, I had to tell the team manager, I'm not rooming with Shay anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So what would happen is, like, I'd get to sleep and I'd r- roll out and it was like 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning, the TV's on. Oh. And I go and turn it off, and, sh- and then I go back to sleep, and Shay gets up and tell oh, I need to sleep with it on. I need to sleep with it on. <laughs> said, no way, this is going off. And then, like, he watched TV all night, and, yeah, so, oh. no, nah, Shay, brother, I can't do that. So, <laughs> I think I did Fabian Francis early in the piece as well. He was actually all right, but I um, can't remember. He had some habits as well. But um, I think, uh, yeah, in the end, Pete, me and Pete, we, we, we were pretty good together, Ruben. Oh, I had Shane Bond a little bit. It was good. We, we were good laughs together. We, yeah, we had some good laughs. Old Bondy, Shane Bond, <laughs> brother boy. But um, yeah. yeah, good old days. Did you have any at the Dons that may have <laughs> that bit quirky? Um, so Joe Mercedes, Smoking Jay, mm. <laughs> you know my my premiership Love, teammate. Love yeah, Joe he was. Mercedes. Yeah, he, he was smoking Joe for, you know, his nickname smoking Joe for a reason, you know. Especially <laughs> <laughs> after the grand final, we'd throw back a few ciggies and blow out a few rings. <laughs> perfect, perfect rings, so a la, you know, smoking Joe. Yeah, so he was a good laugh and big Stephen Alessio, Mark McCurry, Italian boys, good laughs. Uh, good laughs. So many good memories there too, yeah. And you played under three different coaches in your AFL career, Sheeds, Jack and Choco. What were their different quirks and what like, what was um, sort of different about them? How did you go with them? Yeah, look, it was such a privilege to, to play under each of those coaches. Um, you know, early days with Jack Cale, and he had that one year with him. He was a very positive coach. Like, he was full of positivity and encouragement and he built – self-belief in his players so he could get them up so especially the the fringe type players so the you know the four, three or four fringe players and then you know the the three or four other guys who are actually playing uh, on the field who are holding their spots he, he he was able to get them to play above their skin you know or out of their skin should i say um that's because he he said things to them that made them believe that they were better than what they really were, and they go out and play better than their own ability. So that, he, that goes to show if you tap into your, 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 that psyche um, to the players, you know how to um, you know, prod that and give them that confidence. That, it's so true. You can use your mind to exceed your own expectations, and uh, that was something that stuck, uh, stood out with me um, uh, from Jack was the fact that he could get players to play better than what, you know, better than what their talent was. And then even with the better players uh, that were in the team, 
he wanted them to attack. He didn't muck around. We kick it long. We win the contest at the ball. We, we move it on and we don't stuff around with it. We just play long, attacking footy every time. If someone's in a better position, just give it to them, but we keep it moving. So there's no, that, and that's a recipe for great success. That's why he was, you know, an unbelievable coach. And Sheeds, well, yeah, he was just, he always went into bat for his players. He loved his players. He, he expected the boys to put their head over the ball, to be tough, ruthless. I mean, he was a plumber from, you know, Richmond. Like, he, and he, he had shit in him. Sheeds had real shit in him. Like, I remember, I remember one game. I don't want to say the Ruckman, which one it was. So he said to, we're playing up in Sydney in, might have been 92 or end of 91, and our Ruckman at the time, I remember saying to him, said, I want you to run straight through your opponent, your Ruckman, I want you to get your knee right up into his chin. I don't want him to come off. I want him to come off the football field. Anyway, he went out there and he jumped straight for him. And I just could not believe it. And I saw that ruckman on the ground. He he got stretched off, you know. Ooh. So that was 91 into 91. It was real tough days. It's like you just going, he's there to be hit. He's going, he's, you get your knee up, get your knee in the rib and get him off the footy field. Because if you don't do it, that's what he's saying, he will do it to you. Which one is it? That's the game of football back, you know. It's a tough game. And, and back then, it's obviously different now. Mm. Um, but he expected some real, you know. But then from there, but he had a huge soft spot to him as well. He's, he was very caring. He wanted you to, you know, be good with yourself out, 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 outside of football. But he, he liked to mix things up. He wasn't scared to throw players into different positions when things weren't going too well. He'd throw, people, he'd throw three or four players around and into different positions, which would give them an opportunity to get excited because they're not doing the boring, same old position, you know, tactics, you know, uh, what they need to do every week in, week out. They all of a sudden get an opportunity to play on the ball or all of a sudden a halfback flanker will get an opportunity to play in a half-forward line and vice versa. And they just come to life. And he just, you know, he'd just be doing this consistently and... Um, but he, he liked the game to be played fast as well and, and, and attacking and creatively. So, And then Chock was similar as well, I think, um, to Sheeds in a way. I mean, Choco went and coached the reserves for a few years out there under Sheeds. So, um, and then, you know, Choco, you know, gave me that, that year where he said, you're going to play in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the midfield this year, Gav, as, as a 30-year-old. And I went, possibly had one of my best seasons. So... I um, missed out on the Brownlow by one, so I'm really thankful for him to free me up and excite me again, you know. So he had that ability to yeah, switch things up. And I'm just I'm really glad, happy for Chalk mm. to get that one premiership, you know, because yeah. um, he put a lot of work into the, the previous, you know, five, six, seven years, but especially the three or four years previous where we're, we're at the top of the tree. So, yeah, so I was, yeah, uh, really lucky. Well, not, not lucky, but, you know, really um, enjoyed playing um, under those coaches. Did you actually going speaking of the premiership? We haven't spoken about the day as yet. Waking up, grand final day. Obviously, you've been there before with the Bombers in '93, but waking up part of the Port Adelaide spec in the AFL. And as you mentioned, being a little bit older, you can appreciate the day a little bit more. Waking up and see the younger guys around you and getting to the G itself. How did that feel pre game in the build up? Yeah, well. It was. It'd been such a long time since I'd, you know, gotten back there. You know, um, ten years prior, so it was definitely a different feeling. And I, I was. It was a lot of nerves because I knew it was my last crack. It was my my last ever crack, and probably the group as well it was our last ever crack because you don't have three or four years where you're in your prime, where you you know you probably should win one or two or three premierships and you don't, and then you get one last opportunity. Um, so I was quite nervous. I was, I was quite nervous, but I had a inner bit of confidence knowing that if we stick at it, we just stick at it for, for four quarters, we'll get them in the end. So I had that inside me and I knew that we're, gonna, we're just going to stick with them and we'll be fine. But I was still edgy cause, just because of the importance of it. I was very edgy. So I had to control the nerves. I didn't eat too much breakfast. I must admit my appetite was a little bit. It was I wasn't. You, you know, as good as it usually was. Uh, 
but that's that's how it is, you know. You've got to learn to deal with your nerves and not let it get the better of you, uh, and just have that inner belief that you're gonna you're gonna just keep coming. You're just gonna keep coming, and you're gonna keep coming. And from that day, your premiership Guernsey, obviously getting that back years later. How good was that feeling to actually have it in your hands again? Yeah, yeah, it was when um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was so good because I never thought I'd see it ever again, and um, I got my one from the Bombers days '93 premiership there, and didn't have my power one, my other premiership. So I was so happy, and I could not believe it. I still can't believe it to this day. So to the person who we gave it back, and, and to the club for reaching out on socials um, far and wide, and putting out you know the feelers. Uh, yeah. um, it was amazing that someone in Tasmania had it and they yeah, got in contact with the club to give it back. So no, it's, it's, I'm just yeah so blessed to be able to get that back because I never thought I'd see it again. One of the, uh, one of the great finds, I would say. It, it's yeah. a bigger story that should be told, let's be honest. <laughs> um, actually, just quickly, Gav, as well, we talk about Norm Smith medalist, obviously Byron Pickett winning the day, four goals. Did you feel a bit, hey, come on, boys, <laughs> give us a couple yeah. of votes? Uh, yeah, I'll look, I mean, look, Choppy played a great game and um, love him. But, uh, yeah, you know, to kick four in about the space of nine, eight or nine <laughs> minutes, which really busted the game open, um, could it be on doubt? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought I was a chance. And uh, getting back to what I said earlier, you know, it's a case of judging you. High expe- you know, they have higher expectations of <laughs> Judge you a bit harshly. So, um, anyway, another one that slipped through along with the brown lamp. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely stiff. Real stiff. Oh, I'm just so happy I got one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do need some friends, though. <laughs> uh... We'll go straight into our merch segment, I reckon, Ant. All right. Let's do it. This is where we talk about our favourite merch. Uh, that we have randomly of Port Adelaide. And Hutto, you've had a couple of days to think about this one. What have you got for us? You had some magnets the other episode. Oh, what have you got now? This is far better. I'm going on a tour. All right, I need to unblur the uh, camera because... He's going on a tour. Yeah, because this is my most I, prized Port Adelaide I reckon it's a little dull, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find out where the um, effects are of this thing. I've forgotten how it fixes um, while I do, while you do this, Ant, why don't you find yours and then I'll fix my camera. What are you, uh, what are you doing? Why are you I'll, trying to... I'll show you in a sec because it's my greatest, it is my best thing that I've got. Well, mine, while you do that, Hutto, I'll, I'll show you mine and it's custom made Ooh. and it's, it's... A little tribute. We haven't done a lot of Travis Boat content in the last few weeks. Oh, you know, geez, he's been a bit go. quiet. And I'd just like to say that my friend from work made this for me when I was feeling a bit a bit upset. You know, I think we just lost a showdown or something. And she's gone and made me a custom-made Travis Boat mug. <laughs> oh, my God. It's <laughs> 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 love on it. Yeah. <laughs> love, love, love. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Every that morning is. I have a coffee with Bokey. So that is outrageous. <laughs> That's mine. That so sick. Mine's pretty deep. Um, so my pa won this in a raffle. And yep. Gav, you were his favourite player of all time. Uh-huh. So this was the one thing, the main thing that I pretty much got left in the will after he passed away. It is a framed and signed wow. Guernsey. Wow. There it is. Look at that. Unfortunately, on there, it says Premiership Player 2003. (laughs) (laughs) They got the year wrong. They got the year wrong. So when um, when I was younger, I liked to point out mistakes on random things. So wonder how I got into media. I decided to tell him and um, his response, well, well, it's worth more. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So... um, yeah, it sits proudly in the lounge room. Um, nice, nice the jumper. Yeah. The, old, the old school power jumper. That's, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. The old SBS jumper, I miss it. It's very nice. 
They should, wear that, they should wear that jumper. I mean, I wish I was wearing it today. That was the power, our entry, you know, um, something similar to that. But anyway, that's um, old school power. Um, yeah, or at least wear it um, every showdown or something, you know, because that's our premiership jumper and that's tradition, you know. It is very much so. That's yeah, until, until the Cairn Group wins their own premiership, they should be wearing that. Oh, I like that. You know, agree. We deserve we deserve that. But anyway, it's um, the only premiership we've got. That's such a beautiful jumper. Anyway, there I start a um, what do you call it? A campaign. Bit of a campaign. <laughs> a campaign. Got to wear a that petition. The petition. Bring back the SBS jumper. <laughs> got to bring. Got to bring that one back so the current playing group can wear it one game per year. Just one game per year Brilliant. until they win a premiership. Year. All right, that because that's another campaign to start this week, Hutto, because uh, we've got Alapade Carlisle's one of finding his prison bar Guernsey he wore in 2014. So yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got a couple of campaigns to go for. So I like that one, Gav. I reckon that works a treat. <laughs> now, Gav, what different port merch have you got sitting around at home? Obviously, you've got your Essendon Brownlow, you've got your Premiership medal, you've got your Premiership Guernsey, but surely you've got something out there. Yeah, I've got a few of, like, we've just moved house recently and so a lot of the my memorabilia stuff has come to, you know, uh, to light and there's quite a few of these Gavawangani doll things, like, you know, those, oh. they were like, you know, um, yes. Gavawangani doll things and there's about three or four of them. There's some small ones this size and there's a bigger one. And there's a few, and there's about four or five of them, and a few of them, the arms broken off. So I'm like, I've got a stump there. <laughs> I think I oh, do. I throw it away. Or do I keep it because I'm missing an arm? But I must say, yeah. And it's got the old, old power jumper on it. So yeah, it's the yeah little doll, statue doll, whatever it is. Babushka doll. Wobbled like that. Wobbled around. Yeah, ones are wobble. One, some ones are wobble, and then others weren't. They were just. Yeah, stiff neck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, because my pa actually had that. He actually had one of those wobble ones, like yeah. banging in wobble one. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I was like, this is outrageous. It was fun to play and, with. <laughs> and I, I think I don't know if I still got it. I might have it somewhere. They the early power days. I don't know, ninety seven or ninety eight. There were these round um, dishes or plates, butter plates. Yes, like this here. And had three of the players. I was one of them, and there was two other players on it. And we we're on these plates. I remember finding it like old school. And we had the power ninety seven, ninety eight jumpers on. Oh, There'll be a few Timmy. of those plates. They'll be worth. Oh mate, they were classics. Timmy Jennifer had a few, didn't he? Yeah, I reckon he did. Well, he had he had some quirky stuff. Didn't he? Yeah, he had he had a lot of quirky stuff. But so, um, oh, hey, hello. It's time. Should we get into quick fire questions with Gavin Wanganin? Yes, we should. Been looking forward to this. This will be incredible. All right, Gav. You might think the questions we've asked you so far have been pretty good. You wait till you hear these ones. <laughs> these are going to be the most controversial questions you're ever asked. And I'm not talking about how they're asked, I'm talking the, the answers you give. But we'll start simply with your favourite TV show. Favorite TV show? What can it be? A series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you like? Uh, Vikings. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like my it. Mom, my mum watches that. She's obsessed. I think that's the second um, time we've had Vikings. I watch it all. Six, six seasons. Yeah, all gone. It's pretty brutal, like isn't it? Vikings. Yeah, a bit brutal, but yeah, it's good. Ah, <laughs> uh, your go-to karaoke song. <laughs> Brand eyed girl, uh, Matt Morrison. Oh, nice. Yes. nice rendition. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I reckon, Hutto, you're going to be on an island here, but this is just an assumption. What's your favorite Simpsons character, Gav? Ah. Oh. Homer. Yeah. Another Homer. There you go. Homer. Homer. He's a he's, he's, yeah. He's just a laugh. 
Uh, your favourite flavoured potato chip? I have to say potato. Oh, like the originals. Plain old potato. Yes, that's great. Oh, I mean, no. I, I do like the salt and vinegar. Yes. I love a salt vinegar. Like, just on consistency, like sometimes it just really feel like a plain <laughs> potato flavour. Oh, this, I agree. This is good, Ant. Gavin and I are on the same wavelength there. Dave <laughs> would be turning this into this. <laughs> yeah, he would be. Um, Gav, what is there more of in the world, doors or wheels? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question so much. I don't know. I have to say uh, doors. Yeah. yeah. That's common sense answer, that one. Mm. Uh, Gav, just quickly, are you a uh, Maxi Bon fan? A what? Maxi Bon. Oh, the ice cream. What's that? <laughs> we don't. It doesn't eat maxi bonds. Beautiful. I'll tell you that. All right, Gav. What is your favorite favorite flavored shape? Flavored favorite flavored shape. Mm-hmm. Yes, shape flavor. You mean those pizza shaped things? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Pizza shapes. Diamond? Is there a diamond? <laughs> Which one of the diamond ones? Is there a diamond shape? I don't know. <laughs> diamond. Diamond. Flavoured? Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Yeah, there's pizza. There's pizza. Pizza flavoured. I thought it was a diamond, but anyway, the pizza. I thought the pizza flavoured yeah, the, was the diamond. Yeah, the, fl- the um, actual flavour. I think they're a hexagon. I don't know. Hexagon. Okay, I've got it mixed up with something else, but the pizza one. All right. <laughs> Bugger. The diamond. Pizza shapes. The diamond. That's great, Gav. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's very good, Gav. Diamond what about pizza? Shapes. Anyone else like the pizza one? I'm, I'm uh, chicken crimpy. I'm barbecue. I'm the pizza flavor, yeah. I like the pizza flavor. That's I'm actually not a big fan of those, any of those three. If I had to pick one, like, I don't like the cr- chicken crispy. I don't like them. I mean, I, I'll eat it, but after two or three, it's like, why well, am I eating this? <laughs> and then the, the pe- yeah, the, what's the other one? Barbecue. barbecue. The barbecue. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I can only eat so many. And then mm. same with the pizza. I don't really like them. If I had to pick one, it's the pizza. Yeah. The lesser uh, of three that's... evils, the pizza shape. <laughs> Yes. Oh. Uh, that's very good. All right, Hardo, let's get into the next segment because uh, <laughs> diamond-flavoured shapes are the big thing at the moment. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go into obscure Port Adelaide players, Gav, and Hardo's going to kick us off. Who's yours for this set? All right, so it was a teammate of Gav's early Port career. Um, played from 97 to 2001, played 20 games. I'm pretty sure he's a Barossa boy as well. Uh, Nathan Steinberg. Stiney. Yes. So there you go. You kicked, uh, you kicked three goals in 99. Um, but yeah, played um, yeah, 20 games for Adelaide. Pretty sure it was 10 boy. Yeah. He's a nice fella, Stiney. He was fit. Very... Yeah. He went... he... Did he play in premierships of Central Districts? I think nearly everyone in the northern suburbs did, actually. That's right. <laughs> they, had a... That's right. they had a fair era, didn't they? Yeah, freakish. But yeah, Steiny's mine. How about you, Gav? Who, who you got? I don't know if he played any games, but for some reason, it always comes to mind. And that's a guy called Jake Lynch. Oh, okay. Lynch. Oh. I don't think he oh. he played one game. Oh, well, what? Power. What years years. were they? I think he he was drafted. He got drafted in ninety seven or ninety eight. He was on the list about three years, I think. Yeah. He was a young lad. He was funny. He just had these tiny teeth, and he's always smiling. <laughs> his tiny teeth, and he had this funny laugh on him. Lynchy, Lynchy. <laughs> <laughs> There's one for you. Just go and do some uh, research. Oh, I know. Jake, that is Jake Lynch. 
There you go. He's That's actually real. a dent- he's actually a dentist now. I bumped into him at a at a fortieth or something, and I was like, Lynchy, your teeth are really white. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's got it up. <laughs> oh, dentist. that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dentist now, brother. You know, um, oh, cool. oh, doing well. Here we go, Jake Lynch. Jake Lynch. All right, I'm going to research him after the pod. Sure. I reckon. Um, Shredders knows him. Shredders. Oh, Shredders. I'll flick, flick him a text. Right. Shredders knows tell, him. Tell us about Jake Lynch. <laughs> Very oh, true. And who have uh, you got, mate? I'm going to rival Jake Lynch. Like that plays. <laughs> <laughs> he played two years, 04, 05. He didn't play a game. Luke Peel. Oh. Yes. Redhead. Yeah. Redhead. Victoria? Yep. Victorian. Lukey. Lukey Peel. Yep. 04, 05. He was on the list. Didn't play he a game. Across, he came across with a bit of height. He was a good yep. junior. From Victoria. Yeah, Lucky didn't play a game. Jeez. Yeah, the good size, six, probably 6'2", six Good, looked like a good athlete, but, yeah, couldn't get down and dirty. Ah. <laughs> Love the outside ball. Yeah, just couldn't, just didn't have any shit in him. Oh. <laughs> couldn't peel the layers on the inside, could he? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice guy, though. Yeah. That's fair. That's what's good young man. Good young man. All right. Hutto. It's yes. time. It's time for our say- favorite segment on the podcast, Gav. It's uh, it's a segment we like to talk about our great man, Stephen Salapek, and a segment we like to call Better Call Sal. This is where we talk about our favorite Stephen Salapek moments. And Gav, why don't you kick us off with this one? Who? What is your favorite Stephen Salapek moment? <laughs> Look, I remember Sal. He's a great young man. He took a long time to start playing footy, getting games. Mm. He had a shit house haircut yeah. early days. Yeah, he, he dyed his hair a bit, but um, I don't know if I've got any funny moments. Maybe that's funny in itself. I don't have any funny, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any funny moments. I mean, but other than. I had a good relationship with Sal. Like, he was a great young man and um, who had to endure, you know, a bit of hardship early because Chop was getting into him a lot. He came across as, was he a second round, third round, third, third, fourth pick? Yeah, he was early pick, very early pick. Very early pick and he didn't show much promise early. And I remember Chop getting into him a fair bit. Bloody hell. And the, and the pressure getting, uh, you know, uh, being thrown upon him when he, played and it took him a while to get going but he finally he dug deep and he and he kept um persisting and putting in the hard work and then he got the rewards you know later he, he you know he was the club was patient with him but um he came through in the end so anyway you'll have to laugh at me for not having a, a funny moment i think with, i think my favorite bit about this is you got more jake lynch stories than you do stephen salopec stories <laughs> <laughs> And he was he was only around for ten seconds too, Lynchy. <laughs> I mean, Lynchy. Sal was around for what? How many years was Sal up doing? Eight. Yeah, eight, eight or nine. nine yeah, years. eight or nine. Did he play hundred games, Sal? Yeah, yeah, he got that. He cleared that. He played uh, thirty odd, I think. Mm. Okay, that's good. Somewhere around there, one hundred twenty-one. Yeah, one hundred twenty-one. Oh, Should have got think... more. Yeah, he had a few little injuries in the, in the Embers too, didn't he? He got so. Mm. But yeah, I remember his I remember his days because yeah, I felt for him because he had all that talent and then he had a few injuries, but then just took him a little while to get going. But I was happy for him once he got going because he persisted. He just kept going. He never gave up. Yeah, oh, that's good. Good old Sal. Yeah, love that. I love hearing that about Sal. That's great. Hello, what's yours? Uh, going back to 2007, I did. Um, pretty sure I mentioned the Geelong game, the Dom Cassisi game, as we called it. I'm going the week before. Max oh. Hawthorne down to Tassie. And um, just before quarter time, we're all over the Hawks. And um, he's kicked the goal. We're 16 points up at quarter time. And thank God for Brett Ebert that day, I'll tell you what. Oh. So you didn't refresh the AFL tables page, did you, from the no. other night? And you've no. just gone straight <laughs> just into the game before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Brilliant. that is another one from Sal. Um, 
What about you, Ant? Well, I'm going back to 2003, round three. We played the Hawks at home, won by 57 points. And it was was Sal's first win for the footy club. Love that. He had 10 touches wearing the number 31 and kicked one goal three. His first win. Was that, can you remember the weather that that day or that night? Was it a night game? It was too. It was was pissing down with rain. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) I I actually can Pissing now, like you can barely see five meters in front of you at some at one stage. Yeah, yeah. I remember because yeah. I was under a rugrats blanket with my nana, like just trying to protect us from the rain. I, I can remember that game really well, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, no, maybe it better not. <laughs> go on, <laughs> go on. <laughs> You're throwing the rod in already, Gav. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how's that though? You you mentioned that. That was your memory of that game. And then I, I said, well, what was the weather like that game? Because I knew it was pissing down. And mm. I knew it was pissing down. And I, and I just I remember that game because I did something really funny that night. Oh, oh really? Really funny. What did you do? It was so funny. I mean, can you remember how wet it was? Yeah, <laughs> I could barely see halfway across the ground. Yeah, and it was really windy. It was it was thick, and you could barely see. I mean, you could not see the other side of the ground. We could barely see like ten meters ahead of ourselves, like playing. So I'm thinking it's going to be cooled off. Anyway, I'll get right into this. Hope it doesn't come out and bite me. So it was. I was so soaked, like you know, when it's so wet and you feel really heavy, and the jumpers <laughs> just so your shorts are soaked, your 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 footy boots, your socks are just heavy. so heavy. Yeah. And it's right so heavy, and I'm down one end of the ground, and I can't even see where the football is down the other end of the ground. That's what I could barely see. I'm thinking, they should be calling this game off. What's going on here? I'm standing here. don't even know where the footy is, and I needed to go to the toilet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of sort of just thought, suck it. I'll just wet myself. So I oh my went to the toilet. I was wet anyway, so I just went to the toilet. That is the best. That is so good, Dave. <laughs> Look, you put it in perspective, it was just drenched. It was, yeah. it was drenched and no one could see anything. And my opponent was next to me. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but I was busting, so I thought, I'll just put myself. It's not going to make any difference. I'm saturated anyway. There we go. <laughs> Get out there. That is the best. Have, you, yeah, have you told that? Did you tell your teammates that night? Or did you just... <laughs> yes. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you, if you get um, Brett Eva on, he'll tell you all about it. Because oh. I, how's this right? So I, I bumped into Brett about two, three weeks ago and hadn't seen him for quite a few years. And obviously, you know, it was real sad, you know, to see that his old man had passed away and the great Russell Lee. But um, anyway, it was good to see Brett because we always had a good relationship and had some good laughs and little quirky laughs and nicknames for each other. And, and he goes, Gav, remember that time? Against Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> and he reminded me of it. I forgot about it. <laughs> and he reminded me about it two weeks or three weeks ago. Gav, remember you pissed yourself and it was running against Hawthorne that night? <laughs> I said, yeah, I did too. There we go. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to give him a call. Get him on yeah. the pod. <laughs> Get him on. Get him on. That's oh. sensational. Yeah. God. I, that's not actually where I expected that to go. I did not no, expect that to go that way. I was expecting <laughs> I kicked six that night and should have got three Brownlow votes, but no, <laughs> one piss in the in the forward line. <laughs> yeah, and Stephen Sellefeck kicked one three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the piss is more famous. <laughs> oh. Is that where the term rubber man came from, Gav? <laughs> nah, the rubber man came from the MCG when I used to bend my back around some of those. Packs, yeah. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> Still marvel at watching it. Back in the early days. Oh, uh, that's so oh. funny. I don't think I can recover from that. Diamond shapes and pissing in the forward line. That is the best well, gap. I don't know where I was on the ground, but it was somewhere on the ground and it was just you could barely see and it was like it was like tons of water being thrown and it didn't make any difference. So. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a ruck contest going on right next to me. <laughs> I was look. I had a little bit of warmth for a few seconds, but um, <laughs> that is, oh, that is that is so good. That's elite. 
Uh, Gav, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you tonight. Honestly, I think you've made our, our month, week, year podcast. Um, <laughs> and giving us that story has just topped it off, I reckon. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, honestly, Gav, thank you so much for accepting our yeah, call to come on and hope you've had a good time and um, look forward to hopefully chatting with you again someday. Have a good laugh, fellas, and good luck with your, your journey on the podcast. I uh, look forward to listening to a few of the shows. Yeah. Thanks, Gav. Yeah.